Okay, right as we finish recording the Baseball America Top 100 show, MLB Pipeline goes out and posts their new Top 100 list. Let's look at their list and see some of the significant differences between their Top 100 and Baseball America's Top 100. See if we can figure out why, and then use those two sets of rankings to figure out which farm systems are set up for big league success as we wrap out 2022. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked On MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, baseball writer for Sports Illustrated. Thank you for making this your first listen every single day. And another day, another top 100 ranking this one from MLB Pipeline. Good news is, if you want to see all 100 prospects, obviously, I couldn't share that list yesterday. One, it would just be me reading 100 names off to you. Probably would take the whole 30 minutes. But then two, that was behind the Baseball America paywall. This is publicly available, mlb.com slash prospects slash top 100. We'll put that link in the show notes below or if you're on YouTube in the description. Their number one prospect, Francisco Alvarez, the catcher from the Mets. And just looking back and forth at some of the similarities in this, and we're really going to get into that in the second segment, some of the significant differences. but. Uh, Baseball America has Gunnar Henderson, Jackson Churio, Gabriel Moreno, Grayson Rodriguez, and Corbin Carroll, and then at six, Francisco Alvarez. Uh, MLB Pipeline says Francisco Alvarez is number one, and then Gunnar Henderson at two, Corbin Carroll at three, Grayson Rodriguez at four, and then they bring in shortstop Anthony Volpe, the Yankees and third baseman Jordan Walker of the Cardinals before getting to Gabriel Moreno at seven. So it's a similar group. There's nothing that's glaringly different or surprising here about who has guys where. And a question that I asked yesterday was about where is it okay to put a a 2022 draftee who hasn't played in the minor leagues yet? If you'll remember, Baseball in America has... Eight of them in the top 100, the highest one being Drew Jones at 21. Well, MLB Pipeline actually has 11 2022 draftees in their top 100, uh, with Drew Jones being at number 12 and shortstop Jackson Holiday being at 14. So Baseball America has three guys in the top 50 from the draft, uh, Drew Jones, Jackson Holiday at 41, Tamar Johnson, who went to the Pirates, at 46. MLB Pipeline has six guys in the top 100 that were just drafted. And you don't necessarily have to wonder why that's the case. So Sam Dykstra, because somebody asked, like, how are guys that turned pro a week ago rated higher than X? Uh, and and Sam Dykstra, writer for MLB Pipeline, was answering questions on Twitter, answered one of ours, shout out Sam for that, but, uh, but said, it's baseball doesn't start in the minors. Uh, Drew Jones, Jackson Holiday, Tamar Johnson, we saw them a lot before the draft. Brooks Lee had a full season at Cal Poly. And so, like, yes, we're also interested and curious to see how they handle pro ball. 
but we already have an idea of how their tools will play compared to other guys who we saw, you know, in recent drafts and have watched in professional baseball. So I get it. Not necessarily saying that I I love the concept. I understand. And it it is a justifiable decision to have to rate the new draftees even though they haven't played yet. And he makes the point, obviously, you we've seen plenty of them. If they were a top player in the draft, if they were a first round pick, we have seen a lot of them. Interestingly, MLB Pipeline, so the guys that they had that were not Baseball America top 100s, uh, the the additional players, because remember they had 11, they had outfielder Gavin Cross at number 75, went to the Royals, it was pick number 9, and then this is the really interesting one. They had right-hand pitcher Brock Porter at number 94, and you'll remember going back to the draft, Brock Porter was a fourth round pick by the Rangers. Now he was given the same bonus as Cam Collier, who was a uh, top 20 pick by the Reds. But Brock Porter was seen as a first round talent who fell to the fourth and what was now kind of seen as a package deal. It was set up with, um, with Kumar Rocker and Brock Porter to go together and the money to work out between them. Scott Boris represents both those guys. I'm sure they had that taken care of in advance, but another situation where you, there's questions about like, okay, talent versus money. We talk about that a lot on this show. Brock Porter got first round money. He's recognized as a first round talent on the MLB pipeline top 100. Some of these other interesting ones that I wanted to kind of go through and, and, and make a note of, and not guys with significant differences, just guys that uh, maybe haven't been talked about a lot or have done some notable stuff. Brett Beatty at number 19 on the MLB pipeline. Th- uh, third baseman, play some outfield as well, was called up on Wednesday by the Mets um, for, for third base reinforcements. Uh, hit a home run in his very first at-bat against Atlanta. So big impact there. And then uh, just interesting how... There's quite a few pitchers in here. And 22 right-handed pitchers, 5 left-handed pitchers. So 27 pitchers in the top 100. One of the lowest total number of pitchers in a top 100 that I can remember. Flip that around, there's like 12 catchers. And I find it really interesting. There's so many catchers in here. There's so few pitchers. And I think part of that is now because the risk profile of the pitcher is kind of baked into the rating now. We understand how much harder it is to make it to the big leagues as a pitcher. And so the instinct is to, is to back, back off a bit on the ranking because of the higher risk of an arm versus a position player. And in just a minute, I want to get into... Uh, some of the differences between Baseball America and MLB Pipeline. And I think there's an interesting conversation to have about the difference with the catchers. But first, today's episode is brought to you by by the National Highway Transportation Safety Administration. Uh, So imagine you're hanging out with some friends, you're having a few drinks, watching baseball, and a few becomes a few too many. As the evening comes to an end, people start to head out. You, You think about calling a ride, but you live nearby. You can make it home, okay? It's no big deal. 
what are the odds that, that you're going to get pulled over anyway? And, and even if you do, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car. Maybe you kill someone. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. Okay, so I I went through these lists and I picked out nine guys that I noticed differences between MLB Pipeline and Baseball America. And some of these differences are small. Some of these differences are bigger. And we have explanations for actually for one of two, for one or two of them. So the first one, the big one up front, Jackson Shuria, outfielder for the Brewers. We talked about this on yesterday's show. We spent some time on in the second segment about him. Number two prospect in Baseball America. Uh, breakout player of the minors has had a, you know, guys his age are usually still in rookie ball. He's in high A Wisconsin right now. Uh, He's got a lot of great stuff going on. And when you compare the grades, like there's nine spots different between number two and number 11. And when you compare the grades, the only thing that's different on the number grades is Baseball America has his arm at five points lower, a 45 arm versus a 50 arm. And everything else is the same. And one of those things where you're maybe not quite sure why he's low. One of the questions that Sam Dykstra answered on Twitter during his commute home was um, acknowledging like, yes, we're the, the low team on him. He's also the highest riser on the list. He rose the farthest. Um, they still have some of the swing and miss concerns on breaking stuff away, which is something that you see quite a bit in young players. I think... Number two prospect versus number 11. It's not necessarily that significant of a difference other than saying, hey, we have the number two prospect. That's really all it's good for. Um, but I just think it's interesting to kind of hear how there's little stuff. The, like the hit tool rating came out the same. The power rating tool came out the same. But it's nine spots different because of that. There were a couple other guys that had uh, significant differences as you go down, it gets bigger. Curtis Mead, 25 on Baseball America, 38 on MLB Pipeline, so 13 spots. Uh, MLB Pipeline had his power a little bit lower uh, and his arm higher. Now, since he's an offensive first prospect, the, the power being lower is more significant than his arm being stronger, so 13 spots. Ezekiel Tovar, 13th on Baseball America, 28th on MLB Pipeline. They had something, his hit tool was a little bit lower, his defense was a little bit higher. Defense went from 65 to a 70. Amazing defender. Um, hit tool being lower, it's something... Okay, you have the hit tool lower. It's fine. Um, Miguel Vargas was an interesting one. 26 on Baseball America, 44 on MLB Pipeline. And this was something where, you know, for the, um, for the third baseman, for the, for the Dodgers, they said that both the hit tool and the run tool were lower. And so... This is the big thing. We talk about Miguel Vargas as being one of those power guys. Power is only as good as your contact ability. If you know you can have all the power in the world, if you can't make contact with the ball, it does not matter. And so, so that's why we see it lower there. 
couple pitchers had a little bit of differences. D.L. Hall, about a 35-spot difference. 57th to Baseball America. 92nd with MLB Pipeline, 35 spots. The difference was the fastball and the slider. They had the fastball half a grade behind, 70 to 65. And they had the slider a full grade behind. So from a plus pitch um, to an above average, but 60 to 50. So a full grade behind. Um, Tink Hintz, same thing. Um, 59 to Baseball America, 96 MLB Pipeline. They had the fastball, again, lower and the curveball higher. And that may just be something where maybe you haven't seen T. Kent's recently. I'll lean to Baseball America on this one. That fastball is something special. But the big, the big area where I noticed the most variance is the catchers. So catcher Drew Romo of the Rockies, which, guy, we don't talk nearly enough about. We should talk about Drew Romo sometime. 35th on Baseball America. 66th on MLB Pipeline. So 31 spots different. Uh, catcher Shay Langoliers of the Oakland Athletics. They got him in the Matt Olson trade. They called him up on Wednesday. Uh, 79th on Baseball America. 36th on MLB Pipeline. So 44 spots. Um, and Henry Davis of the Pirates. 81st on Baseball America. 20th on MLB Pipeline. So 61 spots different. It's not always MLB Pipeline having them rated lower than Baseball America. Baseball America did two of the three catchers, but 31 spots different, 44 spots different, 61 spots different. And the number grades aren't that significant where it explains away all of the all of the difference. So so Drew Romo, uh, 31 spots lower, and MLB Pipeline has him a little bit uh, lower as far as his running ability, and his fielding. And, you know, plus receiver, plus arm, they just have him a little bit farther back than than how Baseball America has him as one of the best defensive catchers. And to me, I think this right here, and then when you go on with Shea Langleers and Henry Davis, but I think the big thing here is for catchers, we don't have a separate, we haven't separated blocking from receiving and we don't have a way to evaluate and measure game calling. So, I mean, people have tried to do things like pitcher ERA and stuff like that. But to me, seeing MLB have some of these guys, um, some of these catchers higher than Baseball America makes me wonder if there's a little bit of a built-in bias there towards we're going to have robo-umps, automatic balls and strikes in the big leagues sooner rather than later so we can discount certain abilities that a catcher does or doesn't have. I think the example of this is probably a guy like a Henry Davis. So Henry Davis is 20th to MLB Pipeline, 81st to Baseball America. And the story about Henry Davis, if you go back, is strong arm, incredibly strong arm, really good leader, but defensively, he struggled. Like, he struggled to keep the ball in front of him, he struggled to block balls, and it's something where he's an athlete, but some of the finer, like, he's working to improve his skills behind the plate, but he's not necessarily there yet. And so, part of me wonders if 
Baseball America is not discounting the importance of defense and game calling, whereas MLB Pipeline is saying, well, we're going to have automated balls and strikes, and the fact he's a bad framer doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if he's good at stealing a strike because the umpire's not going to be influenced anyway. It's going to be a robot. So, interesting thing there. Really want to dig more into that and find out more about um, some of these some of these different philosophies behind how they score a catcher, behind MLB Pipeline scores a catcher versus how Baseball America scores a catcher. I think that's interesting. Uh, and in just a minute, I want to get into some of the teams that have a lot of guys on this list and who has different guys for teams. Like, you know, there's seven, there's six Rangers on both lists, but the last couple ones are different on each side. So I want to get into some of these differences. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends um, with Liver Health Formula by Pure Health Research. So did you know that the key to sustainable weight loss is through your liver? The liver is the body's metabolic furnace. It is the actual way that your body removes toxins um, and then also serves to ignite your metabolism. But a lot of modern diets that have processed foods um, means that our livers are overworked. But it is now easy to rejuvenate your liver health and reignite your metabolism thanks to Liver Health Formula by Pure Health Research. So Liver Health Formula contains eight liver-boosting supernutrients. Turmeric, beet, artichoke extract, all of these things work together to wake up a sluggish liver and turn it into a toxin-flushing and fat-burning machine. Helps with bloated bellies, helps with uncomfortable digestion, helps you not feel tired and low on energy all the time. And then the best thing is Liver Health Formula makes it easier to maintain a healthy body weight long-term. As a listener of our show, you can try Liver Health Formula risk-free today and get a free bottle of CurbFit with your order. CurbFit is a safe and all-natural appetite suppressant, making it easy to say no to unhealthy foods. This makes it the perfect complement to Liver Health Formula. So go to getliverhelp.com MLB to learn more. Again, that's getliverhelp.com MLB to try Liver Health Formula completely risk-free and claim your free bottle of curb fit with your order. It's go to getliverhelp.com MLB now to get started. Okay, so when you're looking at these two lists, there's some stuff that I'm pulling out that is... Very similar on both lists. The Dodgers for for a team. Let's talk about everybody's favorite team, the Dodgers. The Dodgers have seven guys on both lists. And, you know, the the Orioles have seven guys on both lists. But the Dodgers are one I want to talk about for a second because I think there's, it's really interesting to think about what might happen, what that team might look like next year. So in the top... 50, you've got three position players and a pitcher. You've got catcher Diego Cartaya. Um, he is he is rather low right now. So he's not going to be a factor at the big league level next year. Um, I mean, he is he's having a good season. He's in high A right now. 46 games in high A, 276, 402, 535, the 11 home runs. 
Before that, he was hitting 260-405-550 in low A. So he went to high A and essentially got better. Not something you see all the time. But outside of him, you've got pitcher Bobby Miller. You've got third baseman Miguel Vargas and second baseman Michael Bush. And I think that you're going to see the Dodgers make some significant changes to some of those longtime roster guys this year. They just benched Cody Bellinger in the outfield. Uh, Chris Taylor's playing center field right now. They got Joey Gallo in left. And then Justin Turner has had a rough year. Max Muncy's been playing hurt. I'll give him that. He has a he has a partially torn UCL. Should have gotten Tommy John, but he's playing hurt. And so I think that what's going to happen is at the end of like as we when we get into 2023. Two of those three guys, like this is my prediction, is two of those three guys are probably going to be gone. And if you think about it, so so Bellinger is final year of arbitration. Uh, he may get non-tendered, or you may go and try to get a low a low number on him in arbitration because it's based off of prior before it's based off of the prior year's performance, and his performance this year hasn't been great. Was it in 2021 either? Um Justin Turner is what, 37 now, and looks to be kind of about finished. So I can see a situation where you have Miguel Vargas to take over third base for Justin Turner. You have Gavin Lux to take over shortstop if you don't re-sign Trey Turner, which with the money you save from from Justin Turner and Max Muncy and Cody Bellinger, you might be able to. But you have Gavin Lux ready to take over shortstop if you need to. Uh, and then you have Michael Bush, who might be able to call up and take over at second base for Max Muncy. Maybe something where you keep Muncy around because he has versatility playing for second and third. He gives you protection for for a Freddie Freeman injury, as well as any of these two prospects not working out and a DH when he's healthy. But I just I I feel like there's an easy scenario here where you can say okay. We're going to go ahead and move on from two, or maybe we're going to call up Andy Pages, uh, the outfielder, and move on from all three of those guys. Um, Andy Pages is some of the best. I think he's number 75 on Baseball America. Um, And then he is somewhere near that as well on MLB Pipeline. But some of the best raw power in the entire minors. Uh, has a high strikeout rate, so he's he's really much a strikeout home run guy. A very strong throwing arm. Uh, would fit in right field very well. And again, we don't do a ton of comps on this show, but he really, the way that he plays and the way that his talents profile reminds me a lot of a Yasiel Puig. Strong arm in right field, a little bit inaccurate at times. Uh, great raw power. Uh, some, you know, strikes out a little too much. Reminds me a lot of a Yasiel Puig. It's going to be an interesting offseason for the Dodgers, especially if they don't win the World Series and they look at the money they've spent versus where they are and try to evaluate what to do there. Uh, A couple other organizations that have a lot of guys on both lists, the Orioles, seven guys on both lists. Um, Obviously, we've talked about the Orioles, it feels like, just about all week. Um, Not that there's anything wrong with that. Again, our favorite prospect, Gunnar Henderson. They've got Grayson Rodriguez. Shortstop Jackson Holiday, the, the number one overall pick. Left-hand pitcher D.L. Hall was called up, made a start, is going to go back and relieve for the rest of the year. 
Outfielder Colton Kowser, shortstop Jordan Westberg. Um, the Cardinals have seven on Baseball America's list, six on MLB Pipeline's list. And the only difference here is number 89, catcher Ivan Herrera. So he's a guy that there's been some question about offensively, how will he play at the big league level? Um, interesting combination of like potential power, um, hit ability, defense, had some struggles in the past. Speed isn't great, but he's a catcher. If you have a, you have Yadier Molina, you're not, you're used to a catcher not being fast, so it's fine. So, and, you know, kind of interesting there. The Rangers have a couple interesting differences to theirs. So, uh, Josh Young, Jack Leiter, um, Owen White, Evan Carter, all four of those guys are on both lists. Baseball America also has Luis Angel Acuna, the younger brother of Ronald Acuna, the shortstop at number 85. He's not on MLB Pipeline's top 100. Side note, if you go look at his thumbnail on Baseball America, he's the younger brother of Ronald Acuna. He looks older than Ronald Acuna. No idea how he does that. Not sure how that happened. MLB doesn't have Acuna, but then they do have Brock Porter at 94, like I mentioned earlier, and they have second baseman Justin Foscue at 82. So they have two other prospects they're higher on than Acuna versus Baseball America. The Reds, another team, they have five guys on both lists, but it's five different guys, right? So Ellie De La Cruz, Noel V. Marte, Edwin Arroyo, all three of those guys shortstops, they're all on both lists. Cam Collier, the third baseman, he's on both lists as well, the recent draftee. But then the difference is MLB has, has shortstop Matt McClain at number 76, the fourth, arguably the fourth best shortstop that's in this system. And that's not counting Jose Barrero at the big league level right now. Uh, whereas the Baseball America has Spencer Steer, who we'll remember from the Tyler Molly trade. I thought him and Christian Encarnacion Strand were great gets by the Reds for a year and a half of Tyler Molly, who I think just got hurt, actually. So they may have absolutely won that trade. But Spencer Steer is in the top 100 for Baseball America, but not for MLB Pipeline. They have Matt McClain instead. Um, find it really interesting sometimes just how these lists break down differently. Uh, I believe for both of these organizations, this is the last re-rate they're going to do before the minor league season ends. So this is our list. The Both organizations will update as prospects graduate out of it. So for instance, Von Grissom. Von Grissom's on both lists. Uh, he's been called up to Atlanta now since Saturday. If he plays the entire rest of the season, if he doesn't get sent back down, and that's all kind of a question of what does Ozzie Albee's timeline look like to come back from the foot injury, and do they keep Grissom up to play in DH, or they just go back to having Ozzie and use somebody else. Um, if Von Grissom stays up the rest of the year, he will pass the threshold where he'll no longer be a prospect. He'll graduate. And so what they do is both of these organizations take them out and add somebody at number 100. So you may see some guys 
uh, graduate and get moved on. Uh, Nick Prado in Kansas City, a guy probably going to you know graduate and move out of this. Um, so going to be interesting there. Shea Langoliers, I think, will have enough um, games in the minor leagues because he probably won't play every day, but I think he'll have enough games in the minor leagues to graduate off this list if he stays up throughout the rest of the year. Um, so we'll see a few more guys pop up. But for the most part, these are our lists that we're going to take into the offseason. If you have questions about any of these players uh, or guys who aren't on here, who you think should be on here, I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. The show's on Twitter at Locked on MLB Prospect. I'm sorry, at Locked on Farm. Or you can email us, Locked on MLB Prospects at gmail.com. Reminder, we're going to have the mailbag on Monday. I can tell you right now, one of the questions we are going to cover is, does Cade Cavalli look like an ace pitcher for the Washington Nationals? Because we talked about aces on Monday, and I didn't mention him. And he is the most mentioned player uh, in my comments, in my emails, in my tweets ever since I put that episode out. So we will do a a review of Cade Cavalli, potential ace, as well as the rest of your questions in Monday's mailbag. Until we talk then... This has been Locked on MLB Prospects. Uh-huh.